deadly wrong to deny any of your fellow Americans the right to vote in this country. Let it be that human rights are women's rights and women's rights are human rights once and for all. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. James Madison again at the Constitutional Convention. A president is impeachable if he attempts to subvert the Constitution. Are you fired up? Are you ready to go? Welcome to 2018, the inaugural episode. It's Podgressive. I'm John Carpenter here with Lauren Arthur. Lauren, how are you doing? Well, we survived the we survived January, which was the longest year of my life, and <laughs> so far so good. We marked the one year anniversary of the Trump presidency, the inauguration. It feels a lot longer, John. And yet we did survive, so that's counts for something. <laughs> that is the standard by which we judge the last year, then, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're right, successful. I mean, there were doubts, right? Successful. I mean, we, I think we can all agree to that. <laughs> um, well, should we get into it? So I, it's been a little while since we've played a game, and I came up with a new game. They are fan favorites. Um, maybe five minutes ago. So I feel like well uh, thought out. this is going to be a very thoughtful game. Do you know what a hashtag is? Hashtag. I don't know what it literally is, no. So you don't know, like, what purpose it serves? Um, okay, so I understand it's a Twitter thing, and I understand it. <laughs> I understand it. But here's the thing. You can search for words. So, no, I don't understand. Because you can search for words. You don't need the hashtag. So I don't know what its actual function is, nor do I know why it's called a hashtag. Okay. If you want to get deep into that. Okay, well, it, it is relevant. So okay. when you... Do the pound sign, the hashtag sign yes. ahead of a phrase, then that you can click on that and it links to every tweet that's ever incorporated that phrase. Yeah, but you can just type that word in also. You could, you but it does <laughs> but it's not a hashtag. Okay. And so for our tens of millions of listeners, um, like Mo Ledge is one that would be familiar. So if you want to know what's going on in Jefferson City, hashtag Mo Leg, Mo Ledge, right. whatever you, however you, you want to pronounce it. And that's for Missouri legislature. Right. See, and I know things. It links. So I, there is a, a, a hashtag that's trending these days. Do you know what it means to trend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and I want to read a couple of tweets and I want you to guess what the common thread hashtag is. It's it's kind of easy, but it's pretty Okay, funny. I'll do my best. Okay, that was a long setup for what will hopefully be a great payoff. <laughs> okay, so what is the hashtag? Yo Memo is so dumb, it's co-hosting Fox and Friends. Okay, I've actually heard of this one, so I might get this. Um... I'll give you more. It made it into the news. Yeah, give me some more. Okay. Mm. Yo Memo is so dumb, it's in line to be the new energy secretary. <laughs> um, yeah, you got more? <laughs> Yo Memo, so fake, Ivanka tried to sell it as part of her collection. 
Uh, yeah, I don't remember, but I did see it. Hashtag yo memo jokes. Yeah, yeah, no, I did see that. Okay. Like your mama jokes. I get it. Yo memo so cheesy. You ate it against the advice of your cardiologist. Hashtag yo memo jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just, just keep doing this all episode? Okay, no, we have to move on. <laughs> Good job. That was really fun. So I lost though. I yep. didn't. I didn't. You know. did not correctly guess. Oh, is that the, the only one? Yeah. Oh, I, thought I told they were you five s- minutes before. <laughs> I thought they were going to be a series. Okay. That would have been a good idea. So what's this memo I've been hearing about? This is the Devin Nunez memo that was going to. It started as hashtag release the, the memo. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it had a lot more power when it was just release the memo. You know, back when it was mysterious as to what might be in there and everybody was guessing at what it could be. And now that. They went and actually released it, and it turned out to be pretty uninteresting. (laughs) Now it's not so, you know, it's not worked out so well for them. Well, it's amazing to me what in the, it it used to be in the dark depths of the internet that people would create these kinds of conspiracy theories. And now it's mainstream, and it's accepted as truth by a third of the population it's touted on a major cable news network it's mind-blowing yeah it drives people to go want to shoot up pizza parlors where apparently they're human trafficking of young children it's it's really a very strange time and you know this sentiment already existed out there uh Especially started in the 1990s, we started to see, you know, sort of an upswing in the uh, folks who were sort of violently opposed to the federal government, to federal law enforcement. Uh, You saw that with Timothy McVeigh and uh, sort of that fringe movement. And it does concern me to encourage people out there to feel that way, right? So when you start telling them that you're right, you know, the federal government's scheming against you, that Mm -hmm. there's the deep state, that there's the secret society, that... You know, that there's this memo showing deep corruption at with federal law enforcement. So maybe next time federal law enforcement comes to your area, maybe you shouldn't respect their authority. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, you shouldn't open the door. Maybe you should, you know, in, between between everything we've seen over the years uh, uh, till today, it just it shocks me that people would be that um reckless in terms of uh, encouraging that kind of thing. And there are a lot of people who know better who are going along with it, namely Speaker Paul Ryan, um, who sort of abdicates himself from any responsibility. And I, I'm afraid that it's going to get to the point where maybe it's too late. Like maybe something very serious happens and enough people start believing it and feeling threatened by their own government. And at that point, it is too late to actually put that worm back in its can. Oh, wow. Is, is that, that, is that is thing? That <laughs> I don't know. What's the expression? That could be a, well, I'm not sure what the right one is, but <laughs> I could figure out a way to make that work. Like that could be like a fishing. No. Are you a fisher? A fisher put person? Back in the bot? What? I mean, what I don't am know. I trying I, to think of? I can't of. get my head off of putting the word back in the can, so sorry. That's all I can think of. But yeah, I mean, I think your point is correct, even if the even if the uh, idiom isn't. And 
And it's amazing how fast it can happen, right? Because it was not so long ago that the entire, you know, what was considered the conservative movement, the Republican Party, was the party that would, you know, vociferously defend uh, law enforcement and the FBI. And, and, and it was it was they who claimed the mantle of uh, patriotism and being the party of law enforcement and mm-hmm. law and order and would almost sort of insinuate that Democrats were a little less supportive of the country and of law enforcement and of and so it's just amazing to me how quickly things can change and um and all it takes is one man donald trump to say you know start promoting things like the big bad deep state and the secret society and uh, all of a sudden you've got like you said a third of the country radically shifted their opinions well, let's talk about what's going on at the state level where things are much better. <laughs> well, it's interesting times at the state. As I think probably everybody listening to this podcast knows, uh, we had the trouble with our governor, Governor Greitens. Um, and so that kicked off the year. That story came out the same night as he delivered the state of the state earlier in January. Um, and it's been pretty dominating uh, of the climate down there, I would say. Mm-hmm. So to back up, Eric Greitens admitted to having an extramarital affair. There were allegations that he also blindfolded, taped up and photographed and threatened blackmail um, f- to his mistress you were very quick to say that he should resign, and I agreed and, and also called for his resignation, but he is still around. Yes, and it's one of these things where it almost makes you wonder if what's happened at the federal level with President Trump and um, if that's created a new paradigm in this country where the old rules of uh, what you can get away with and what you can't have changed, you know, People during the campaign said 10 different times, well, finally, he's gone too far. And, you know, uh, surely the campaign's over and time and time and time again, he demonstrated that if you just don't apologize and you keep marching on and you deny uh, wrongdoing, that you can uh, you can march on. And what he's done, what the governor's done in this case is he's accepted responsibility partly right for the affair, but he's refused to apologize and has denied everything else, right? The, the, uh, tying up in the basement and the, uh, the blackmail accusations. Um, and so he's chosen that and he's hoping that I guess with just the passage of time that he's able to hold on. My concern is both that what he did was so wrong that it's so beyond the pale that, Mm -hmm. uh, that I think it warrants him stepping down. And then secondly, it's also the case that, we're probably going to struggle to get a lot done for the benefit of the state mm-hmm. of Missouri. Um, as long as this distraction is hovering over us in Jefferson city. So I think for both of those reasons, you know, it would be doing the right thing on his part to step down and let us move on. Agreed. And also this is just another disqualifying thing in a long list of um, decisions and practices that undermine people's trust in their government and that are, at the end of the day, 
unhelpful at best and destructive at worst to the state. So this idea that, you know, he's not accountable for sharing messages about state business because he's using a confide app that causes all of the messages to disappear or the fact that he's created um, this very blurry line between his office, his campaign and his 501c4 dark money pact that he uses to attack members of the legislature. It's just there is a long list of things that, like you said, in another time would be scandalous and um, and it would be automatically disqualifying and cause someone to resign or calls for impeachment. It's to me, it's pretty unquestionable that he has been when it comes to questions of transparency and uh, the all the dark money and the campaign. I mean, it, it's pretty unprecedented the extent to which certainly in modern history, you know, I, I can't speak to uh, things that happened uh, in the 1800s, but certainly in the modern history, he is. Uh, pretty unique in how far he's been willing to go uh, to shut down transparency and to utilize um, uh, dark money on a scale we haven't seen, which, of course, the great irony was he was pledging, you know, during the campaign to do the very opposite. Right. Um, But I I think this thing with the... uh, with the affair, I think most people would be willing to for, forgive or at least move past uh, if, if all he did was have an affair. Um, even though it's obviously another example of hypocrisy, right? Mm-hmm. We see politicians time and time and time again, especially on the right, run on family values. And, you know, they have these the commercial he ran most frequently was him, say, him saying that he's a patriot and a family man. Mm-hmm. And so... It is obnoxious to see the hypocrisy once again, that obviously uh, he was saying one thing and doing another. But people would probably be willing to move past that. But I think it's I think it's the other portion of this where, you know, taking a photograph against her will and then telling her, you know, if you ever tell anybody about us, I'm going to make sure this photo is released and shames you. Um, That kind of blackmail is is criminal. and. You know, I think pretty clearly worthy of him stepping down from the from the job. So if you were to turn on your TV now, though, all you would hear is about what a great job Eric Reitens is doing and what um, what a visionary tax cut plan he has. So let's talk about that. He proposed a tax cut. And um, well, let's back up. So. We've talked about our state's budget in the past, specifically last year. Um, it pit seniors and people with disabilities. We had to decide, are we going to cut a group of services for seniors and disabilities over here, or are we going to cut services for a group of seniors and disabilities over here? And that's because we blew a hole in our budget thanks to tax cuts and corporate giveaways. And so now, um, of course, the logical (laughs) choice would be to further cut taxes and further put our state uh, in jeopardy and its ability to fund basic services. So that's where we are. It's pretty amazing. I mean, last year we had a budget shortfall of 500 million. This year we've got another 300 million. Uh, so that's $800 million uh, in cuts at the state level in just two years. And 
And it's not, yeah, it's it's a whole variety of things that are taking the brunt of it. You know, last year we cut uh, 80 or 90 million from higher ed. So our investment in our state public colleges and uh, community colleges and universities. Uh, this year, the governor proposes cutting an, an additional 70 million. So now you're talking well over 100, 150 million uh, between the two years to higher ed. If that ends up being the path the legislature takes, ultimately it's up to us. But we do have another $300 million budget shortfall this year. And so, you know, somebody's going to get cut. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in fact, it'll be a, a number of uh, vital state services that end up uh, taking the brunt of that. So it is amazing. It's, it's crazy to me that, you would, uh, that they would decide to go in the direction of, yeah, let's double down on what we've been doing. Let's pass more tax cuts uh, and make this problem worse. You know, Missouri is already a low-tax state. We already right. really struggled to fund uh, uh, important services. So that tax cut conversation may be the right one in some other places in this mm-hmm. country. But I think you'd be hard-pressed to say that it's the conversation we need to be having here in Missouri. And I think it speaks to the fact that they don't have any other ideas. Tax cuts yeah. is generally a popular concept. Yeah. And when it comes to the business of actually governing the state and coming up with solutions and innovative ways to improve people's lives, they come up wanting. There, there are very few ideas outside of tax cuts that they yeah, that's so true. That's a really good point. Population and tax cuts are easy. You know, they're kind yeah. of you know, it's it's an easy thing for them to say they support and to to advocate for. So that's a good point. It's not. It doesn't take a lot of uh, hard work and creativity and taxes. You know, which is often true with solving the big challenges that our state is facing. It's easier just to say, yeah, let's do some more tax cuts. And it's often discussed. We can look to Kansas to see what kind of example. Um, they've set in terms of their massively destructive tax cuts. But you can also look to Oklahoma. I heard a story earlier today um, that relayed the problem Oklahoma is having with its public education. And a lot of that results from massive tax cuts to their oil industry that they passed in years past. And, um, And so now they're having difficulty keeping teachers in the state of Oklahoma a lot of their school districts have gone to a four-day system, um, which we have some school districts in Missouri who have done the same thing. And um, and so it, it's it spoke to the fact teachers are having to work two jobs uh, at night and on the weekends in addition to their, their full-time teaching job. So I think there are plenty of examples around the country of what happens when you take it too far. Um, and and I'm afraid that Missouri isn't learning the lessons of our neighbors. But at least, you know, Paul Ryan tweeted out uh, that a secretary saved a dollar fifty a week because of the Republican tax cuts at the national level. So all, <laughs> yeah, all of six dollars a month or maybe a little just over six dollars. Um, so that's yeah, that's the kind of result you might get from from tax reform if you're a regular working person. And reminds uh, me of this commercials like what does a dollar buy you <laughs> pack of gum well six packs <laughs> six packs of, <laughs> over the month so yeah my guess is that uh, a lot a lot of people got a lot more than that uh, who make a lot more money and that's my big problem at the state level too is almost all of the tax giveaways they've passed over the years have been geared at uh, the wealthy and at uh, corporations and sometimes just special interest tax breaks for mm-hmm. this group or that group. Um, 
and they haven't done much to actually support people uh, at the bottom, which if you're, if you're going to do a tax cut, which again, Missouri can't afford, our budget really can't, but if you were going to, you know, you at least ought to direct it at the poorest people in Missouri who will spend that money. Well, who will spend the money and who need it the most? I mean, just, you know, from a moral perspective, you know, income inequality is getting worse in this country. Mm-hmm. And uh, to the extent that we're going to mess around with the tax code, it ought to be to help out those folks, not people who are richer than they've ever been in the history of the world. So, well, Eric Greitens' tax plan seems to be dead on arrival. The bad news is there are worse tax plans yeah, well that's, yeah. in the Senate, and yeah. it looks like those stand a much better chance of passing. That's the great irony here is, um, you know, we need to be looking at bringing new revenue in. The governor's proposal doesn't do that, and and therefore, in my opinion, it fails. Uh, but ironically, it is a, sub- a substantially better uh, tax proposal than the Republican tax proposals in the Missouri State Senate. So to the extent that we're going to pass one of the Republican proposals, well, I hope we don't pass any of them, but if we're going to pass one, the governor's is quite a bit better than the others, um, which is sort of a sad state of affairs and maybe speaks to how we need to win some legislative seats back <laughs> for, the, for the Democrats here in Missouri so we can change this conversation of bad or worse to <laughs> include good options, too. I guess on that note, uh, there are special elections on Tuesday. February 6th, and it sounds like those deeply red districts are looking pretty good for Democrats, so not to count our chickens before they're hatched, but um, I I am encouraged by some of the, the polling I've seen, and, um, you know, it's, it is important for a host of reasons that our state legislature is more balanced. Yeah, well, we've, you know, uh, special elections throughout the country over the last number of months have been looking fairly promising. Um, But can't get complacent either. People got (laughs) to stay engaged and focus on these special elections, but especially on November the... Six? (laughs) (laughs) That important Tuesday in November. (laughs) But especially on November the 6th, 2018, it's a big and important day and it shapes the conversation both here at the state, but also, you know, take all those, all the national issues we were talking about before with sort of the unprecedented way that the Republicans in the Congress, especially in the House, have become, uh, in a lot of ways, sort of just shills for the president, you know, instead of doing their constitutional responsibility of being a of being an independent branch and a check and balance on the executive. Uh, the way they've just really become complicit in uh, what I believe to be Donald Trump's attempt at obstruction of justice, at trying to end the investigation into Russia. And instead of pushing back on that, you've got Devin Nunez releasing this memo that was clearly designed clearly designed to uh, undermine the investigation. And that's that's why we need Democrats elected. For, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, but for the country. Yep. For the country. Well, and like we were talking about when we were working through what we wanted to discuss, things have gotten so chaotic that it almost feels normal. Like, it's hard to think of an outrageous thing to talk about because— Everything is so bizarre and so 
unprecedented in a lot of ways. And it's that old word, normalization, normalizing. And I, you know, I'm all about resisting it. And I'm glad people try. But yeah, as time passes, it's harder because it does sort of become our new normal that there's outrageous things that happen every day that you never would have expected uh, before this past year. And uh, it's tough not to get used to it and just to accept it as, you know, the new normal. Right. But all the more reason we can't let too much time pass <laughs> with, <laughs> with this as our normal. We got to take back the House, <clears throat> take back the Senate, take back our state legislatures. That's right. State, the state Senate. Yeah. Got to win that. Yeah. That's a big one. <laughs> heard about that. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well, I think we have our plan. Buy a little pony. <laughs> named little Sebastian and start working on political campaigns. Yeah. So this was a, there was a little pony in Jefferson city. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so great. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Me neither. I just figured our audience wouldn't know what your Sebastian comment meant. <laughs> but he's, he, I'm sure he's a great little pony. The best. Yeah. Update. I was combining different idioms so i had put them all together in my head (laughs) one of which was open a can of worms put the toothpaste back in the tube genie out of the bottle cat out of the bag Mm. (laughs) and they all got jumbled up in the old noggin (laughs) and out came put a Put the worm, worm back, back into the can. <laughs> but I'm telling you, that that sounds like a fishing thing that would happen. We're going to... You know, you took out two worms and you only needed one for your bait and you, you got to put one back. We're... Uh, Trust me. We're going to make it happen <laughs> here on Podgressive. Okay, at the local level, um, there is an interesting movement underway that involves the Clay County government. Uh, Citizens for a Better Clay County is in the process of collecting enough signatures that would trigger an audit by our state auditor, Nicole Galloway. Um, There are many charges of corruption and um, questionable behavior at the courthouse. And so um, this is a way that citizens are looking to hold their local government accountable. So they've gotten, I believe, about 2,500 signatures, which is about a third of the way that it would need to go to trigger a state audit by State Auditor Nicole Galloway. You've signed. I've signed. I did signed. sign. I did sign. And I don't, you know, in terms of seeing corruption and all that, I, you know, I don't know if we're there necessarily, but I do think we're at a point where there are enough questions regarding some of the county finances and how money's been spent um, that it makes sense to bring in an objective outside third party to to look at things, if for no other reason than to sort of restore some of the faith um, in county government by the citizens. You know, it's important, especially, you know, here at the local level at, with local government uh, for citizens to feel like um, that it's working for them and that their local taxpayer dollars aren't being wasted. They're being spent um, appropriately. And frankly, I'm a little surprised that there's no requirement of a disclosure of how county dollars are being spent. I'm surprised that information's not already public. That's neither here nor there, I suppose. We could probably introduce a bill requiring that. That's a thought. 
But uh, yeah, it's a it's a grassroots movement. Um, you know, this isn't paid for by any outside group, uh, as far as I know. Anyway, it's an actual citizen led effort, and um, uh, they're out there gathering signatures right now for for the north land of Kansas City in Clay County. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes next. Um, I th- I'm sure our state auditor would be happy to uh, happy to perform the audit and and help to reassure citizens if if they get enough signatures. Sure, and it is it is interesting. This is becoming emerging as a pattern across the state. There w- was a similar situation in Greene County um, where the auditor actually offered to waive the fee for an audit and um, that was declined. And then I think there is another petition underway, maybe in on the eastern side of the state, somewhere around St. Louis. So I appreciate that people are paying attention to their local government. And I think it's a perfectly reasonable thing for them to ask what's happening and you know, how their money is being spent. I think so, too. And that audit down in Greene County has been pretty fruitful, pretty productive. I mean, it, they've, you know, discovered some important things uh, through that process uh, that I'm sure the citizens of Greene County are both troubled with and also happy to have out in the sunlight. Um, not to say we would have the same experience here in Clay County, because I don't know that we would. But nevertheless, I do think it would, um, um you know, obviously introduce some transparency and some openness and we could get to the bottom of um, of any complaints that might be out there. All right. Well, if you're interested in learning more about that, feel free to reach out to us and we'll put you in contact of um, the people who would help you sign and learn more. Yeah. Lauren, it's been good. Another good episode of Podgressive. Maybe our best episode ever. The best yeah. Can't put this worm back in a can. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. Nor would you want to. Nor would you want to. Well, we'll do another one soon. How about that? Sounds good. See you then.